0: Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. We're on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those who are impacting the community. I'm Mike Turner, and today in the Speakeasy, we have Amy Owen. Amy is the director and counselor for local nonprofit nonprofit, Teen Hope of Idaho. Amy's here to tell us more about Teen Hope. Thanks and welcome, Amy. Thank you. Okay, so let's just start with what what is Teen Hope of Idaho for people who don't haven't heard of it.
1: So Teen Hope of Idaho is a faith-based nonprofit mental health agency that specializes in children and families.
0: Okay. And so and you so you're now the director over there. Um, what what uh, break that down for us. So like, what's, what are they, what's their, what's going on day to day over there?
1: So we offer individual counseling for children and teens that are either in crisis, have some behavioral or emotional issues or are transitioning home from a residential treatment center. And then we offer parenting sessions for those parents to learn coping skills, parenting techniques, et cetera. And then family counseling, so that everybody's working together as a system. And then as applicable, we have medication management options as well with one of our um, staff. He's an MD and will prescribe as necessary. And then we also offer mentoring where we partner a kid with um, an individual who has a heart to speak into youth that has done a background check, that has a bachelor's degree in a particular field of human services, and they meet with the kids individually. Okay. And we also offer groups. Okay. We offer parent support groups and then teen co-ed support groups.
0: Oh, all right. And um, so this sounds like uh, an awesome uh, idea, and it, I'm kind of surprised. So, how long has Ad- Teen Hope of Idaho been around? Like how long? for two years. For two years. Yes. Okay, so still fairly new. Fairly new. Seems like though, like this kind of needs been, you know, in demand for a long time though. So, what, do you know what's the story behind how it got going?
1: So Pamela and Jim Cross had a son, they're the owners of the clinic, who was exhibiting some self-destructive behaviors. They couldn't really find a, a good place for him that fit their family's individual needs. So they ended up placing him in a residential treatment facility in Texas. So they learned all the skills that were necessary to parent him and his unique behaviors. When they came home, they realized that there wasn't a lot of aftercare services available in the Treasure Valley. So Pamela just felt it laid on her heart to open Teen Hope, and we really want to help families look at their individual problems, not just someone suffering from depression. What is your family's individual issues? And then we individualized treatment specifically to that family.
0: Okay. And, and so um, I guess for people that haven't maybe gone through this or understand all the elements of it of... Like what aftercare even means, right? Yeah.
1: So, what aftercare means is that when a child is placed in a residential treatment center, they have all these supports in place. They have ongoing counseling, support groups, there's a lot of structure. Mm -hmm. And then the parents have these high expectations that the kids are going to come home and perform at 100%.
0: Sure, right? That's not realistic. You got fixed, now come home.
1: Now you're better. Yeah, right. So, we try to help the parents understand realistically Mm -hmm. what is going to happen when the kid comes home. They're human, so they're going to fail. So it's like an 80-20. 80% of the time, they're utilizing coping skills. They're working through issues. They're communicating. But 20% of the time, they're going to be a kid. Sure. So we help the parents create a transition plan. What type of rules should be in the house when they come home? What type of counseling services should they receive? Do they need continued medication management? But also, what is the family doing to change, not just the, quote, identified patient, the unruly adolescent? So we look at families as being a unique puzzle. If we take the kiddo, who's the, quote, problem, out of the puzzle and place him in a residential treatment facility, or even just in counseling outpatient-wise here locally, and morph and change his puzzle piece, he's never going to fit back into the same puzzle. Mm-hmm. So the whole family has to change their puzzle so the kiddo fits. Because if the family doesn't change their puzzle, what happens to that kid? He loses everything he worked for because he's going to morph back into that old puzzle piece. So he fits back into the puzzle.
0: Okay. And what do you mean by like, um, what, give me some examples of what, how maybe a, a family might need to adapt to try to fit that particular puzzle. I mean, what are some of the ways that they're trying to coach them to so a
1: lot of it is boundaries what type of expectations and rules are currently in the house is their structure are they creating a supportive environment for the youth what does their communication with their child look like is it healthy communication are they actively involved in their kids life are they able to separate their child from the problem The child's not the problem, the problem's the problem. So it's really looking at what their perspective is and how they're dealing with the problem. Mm. Are they blaming the child or are they just looking at it as a problem? And then often parents have their own dysfunctional behavior that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. They might have addiction or depression or anger issues. So we help them fix those simultaneously to the child getting treatment.
0: And um, when you say treatment, it's, so you hear a lot about teen like depression is a big deal. Is is, is it also treatment including like drug addiction, things like that? Yeah, or?
1: so it's drug addiction, it's self-harming behaviors, self-destructive behaviors, depression, anxiety, okay. any other sort of mental health diagnosis, okay. anger issues, mm-hmm. legal issues.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so... So we talked a little bit about aftercare. Is there like preventative
1: stuff? Yes. (laughs) Yes, there is. So we look at um, any family that comes to us and says this is a concern for us. Then it's also a concern for teen hope. And we're going to help address those issues.
0: Right. Because I'm sure there's a lot of parents, you know, are like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. A little
1: bit of prevention goes a long way. So we look at early detection and early intervention of childhood disorders. Okay, That's what's going to create resiliency and put those quote issues into remission. So Mm -hmm. the earlier we can catch them and intervene, the better. The goal isn't to wait to go to treatment or counseling Mm -hmm. until there's no hope. Mm -hmm. It's let's start in the beginning when you're starting to identify some warning signs. And then we come in and talk with the parents, set up some counseling, do some family counseling, parenting, coaching the parents, let the kiddo have a mentor if he needs one. They can go into the support groups, have the MD lay eyes on them if there needs to be medication interventions, and then just work together for that unique family situation.
0: Right. Seems like, you know, the whole idea of the whole depression area of things is really getting more and more attention because it's, well, for many households, for many people, you know, you find out after the fact that there was a problem, right? Mm-hmm. After it's too late. And and so um, it seems like there's definitely a kind of an educational piece for understanding depression. If someone hasn't been depressed before, if a parent hasn't gone through that, it may not be hard for them to recognize when somebody is. Or, I'm imagining, mm-hmm. you know, um, or it's, oh, they're just they're just being a teenager they're just being a teenager you're like right the, the other side of it right of this like oh that's normal
1: so that's part of what the parenting counseling sessions are for okay. is that psychoeducation piece yeah a lot of parents don't understand what depression is and don't understand why their children are acting in a certain way so our mm-hmm. goal is to help them understand the disorder mm-hmm. and separate that from the child and then looking at symptoms what are the symptoms what are symptom Interventions, does coping skills look like, and what type of intervention is gonna be most appropriate for that particular child.
0: Cool. And, and so are you guys just like regional? Are you all over state state? Where are you where nope. are you? No, so we're
1: just in Boise. Okay. And
0: you just got fairly started a couple of years ago. Got, yeah, a yeah. couple of years ago. We yeah. don't
1: have any other clinics right now, just Boise. And it's
0: in Boise. Yes. Okay. And do do people do you have to limit the amount of people you can work with? How does that work? You know,
1: So we don't limit the amount of people we work with. And with being a nonprofit, we have a little bit more flexibility on how we see people. So we do accept insurance, but we also work on a sliding fee scale and offer scholarships for families that can't afford services.
0: Okay, right.
1: So we won't turn anyone away. And we will see them regardless if we have 50 clients or zero clients. We're going to see anyone that comes to the clinic.
0: Oh, okay. And and so if somebody is kind of interested to learn more about it or know what your services are, you, they go to teenhopeidaho.org? Yes. Okay. And um, is it advisable to like call the clinic before you show up? But what, what...
1: Yeah, it's by appointment. Okay. And so someone will call in, we'll learn a little bit about their situation and then we'll set up a free consultation. Okay. So anyone can set up a free consultation, come in, meet with one of our clinicians, talk about their story and then see if we're a good fit for them and go from there.
0: Okay. How did you get involved with all this stuff?
1: I met the previous director of teen hope at a, a community, a suicide prevention outreach. And I just really liked their mission. And as a marriage and family therapist, I specialize in families. And I believe Mm. that the best way to address individual problems is by looking at the family system. Mm. So I just wanted to be a part of something that works with families as a whole instead of individuals.
0: It's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of times when you hear of teenagers being this, well, teenagers, um, hard, tough time, um but how much the family unit plays a role in that, or can pay a role in that to make it a positive or more negative. Um I think I don't think that's talked about it very often mm-hmm. is the kind of health of the household, I guess you could say. Um um and it seems like uh when you're looking for solutions, I think it's I think it's uh refreshing to hear that it's not just problem isn't just the kid, right? Mm-hmm. Or to even to make it better, it's not just like the kid needs to get better. And, and it might take everybody working together, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: we take a systems approach. So it's a systemic um, approach to treatment, which means that every relationship in a family is a system. So mm-hmm. a parent and a child is a system. The family as a whole is a system. Your job with you in it is a system. And if one system's off or not functioning healthy, the other systems are going to naturally be off as well. Hmm. So the goal is to look at how each system interacts with the other Mm -hmm. so that we can have healthy systems.
0: Okay. And then what about, um, I know there's been a lot of discussion over the years about like medication, right? For whether it's for depression or it's for attention disorders or... All that kind of stuff. What are you seeing as far as your clinic? As uh, that, you know, what are teens dealing with right now? Is, I like, sometimes you hear about people being over medicated or not medicated. And you know, what's kind of your perspective on?
1: So I think that's an individual choice of a parent as to whether or not they want their child to utilize that type of intervention for treatment. Okay. However, we work really closely with the families to look at all types of treatment options would medication be the best route perhaps for that particular child, but what other treatment should also be in place? They should also be utilizing counseling, family therapy, that we're not just looking at medicating a child. Sure. So we're not pro let's just medicate everybody. It's really individualized and it's between that family, the counselor and the medical doctor. So they coordinate care together to decide what the best treatment options are.
0: Okay. And you mentioned that your organization, the Teen Hope of Idaho, is uh, faith-based. How how does that play a role in what you guys do?
1: So we're um, faith-based, meaning that we're non-denominational Christians, and it's not something that we necessarily promote in counseling sessions. We have an ethical obligation to see everybody regardless of their faith orientation. Mm -hmm. And so we take the approach that we don't have to tell you about Jesus. We're going to show you the love of Jesus just by uh, being empathetic exhibiting grace and compassion Mm -hmm. and helping you regardless of what your situation is and not turning anybody away for services. Okay. So that's our personal belief system, Mm -hmm. but it's not a requirement to come to the clinic.
0: Okay. Is it part of, I've seen uh, other faith-based organizations and the nonprofit world use that as part of their, um, um, well, even like, uh, a lot of people c- getting over addictions and things like that. A lot of times there isn't, they go into faith-based programs where part of the treatment is, you know, kind of that faith counseling is kind of thing. Is that part of what?
1: It's all dependent on what the family wants. Okay. So we utilize a, a very client-centered approach, meaning mm-hmm. that the client is the expert on their life. They're driving the mm-hmm. services. Mm-hmm. And if that is a type of service that they want to utilize, we offer that. Okay. However, there are lots of people that come to the clinic that don't have any faith orientation, and we utilize different types of treatment techniques.
0: Right, and does the um, does it does a child need to be a teenager to, to get treatment from your facility?
1: Nope, anybody okay. age five and up is okay. able to come for services.
0: And so, I guess, what are the for parents who are listening? What are some maybe some warning signs, and maybe they. Should maybe consider at least reaching out to get some more information.
1: If their child's withdrawing, if they're no longer communicating, if they're exhibiting very angry behaviors, if there's very disruptive behaviors, any signs of self-harm, any verbalization of suicidal ideation, an inability to make friends... Sleeping easily, irritable. If they're oversleeping and they're not wanting to ever get out of bed, not wanting to engage with peers, those are warning signs.
0: Okay. Yeah. And um, and so, what the kind of the first steps is to maybe reach out to the clinic, clinic or is there um, because I know a lot of people have medical insurance. Is that uh, how does like Teen Hope of Idaho relate with all the other? service options out there how is it what role is it playing or what hole is it filling i guess
1: so we're paneled with most insurance companies in in the valley okay and when someone calls in for services we do have an office biller that will look at pre-authorization and look at their insurance to make sure that we're in network for them okay and if we're not in network but they still want to utilize our services that's where that scholarship or sliding fee scale can come into play sure to yeah. offset the cost for them. Okay. We don't want finances to be a barrier to treatment.
0: Right. And I, I think a lot of times, um, you know, I think parents are often maybe not reaching out because they're worried about the costs. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. counseling's got to be expensive, and therefore they don't even investigate it, assuming it's, it's going to be out of their price range. So I think that's awesome that you guys mm-hmm. have some sort of sliding skill or at least option for them to at least, you know, do something. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. All right. Is there uh it seems like, gosh, you know, like I'm so, I'm shocked that this organization is only two years old because it seems like I, you'd hope that this is in, in every community, right? Because, you know, it's such a tough period of life that, you know, kids are going through and just having that support system seems so crucial, you know. I'm um, I, I just – you know, I'm surprised that there's not there's not that hasn't been here longer. So,
1: well, there's other great agencies in the valley that offer similar services that uh-huh. we do. I think what just separates us is really that aftercare piece from coming out of yeah. a residential treatment center or post hospitalization, but also the emphasis on the family treatment.
0: Right. and that's what Pamela noticed when she when she had treatment for her son and from a different uh, in a different state, and then trying to come back and not finding it. So that makes a lot of sense. What is your guys's like biggest uh, challenges in an organization right now?
1: I think just getting the word out. Yeah. Really uh, being able to say, "Hey, this is who we are. We're here if you need services." And I'm one person, mm-hmm. and I do most of the marketing and networking for the agency because our other individuals are providing services. Yeah. So it's just really getting the word out, and that people know that we're here, that we're able to provide services, and that. The finances aren't a barrier.
0: Right. And, um, how did you, um, how many staff members do you have at your organization?
1: So right now we have a, a part-time medical doctor. We have an office biller and then including myself, there's three clinicians.
0: Okay. And so what are your, what are you guys aiming for? Like where do you hope to go with this organization?
1: Our hope is to expand, so that we can, oh, and we also do employ um, two mentors. Our goal is to expand services and really be a staple in the community for families in crisis, but also that safety net before they get to a place of crisis.
0: Right. Wow, all right, well, you've talked about how you, you guys do a ton of stuff and lots of you know groups where people can interact with and uh, get support in, in a lot of different levels. Um, And so to get more information, people just go to teenhopeidaho.org? Correct. All right. Well, uh, Amy, I was speaking with Amy Owen. She's the uh, director and counselor over at Teen Hope of Idaho. It sounds like an amazing organization. Um, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of, I see a lot of, uh, you know, there's just, you know, challenging times. So I'm sure there's... uh, this is a large need for this in this community i'm so glad that it does exist and you have this support system and so i really appreciate you coming here and you sharing about it and um uh, we'll be putting more information about your organization on our website at com. and um if anybody has any questions for amy just reach out to us anytime and yeah wow amy thanks for coming in Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll be sure to get this, you know, the word, keep spreading the word about Teen Hope of Idaho, but it seems like a great organization.
1: Thank you. All right.